All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back. Tuesday afternoon. It's game day on Sports 1440. Uh, text line 833-401-1440. It was humming knots of people. Like, Gregor, thanks for keeping the dream alive. Now I know that going to the gym isn't fruitless from Dave. Well, there you go. Exactly, Dave. You never know. You never know. So, um, keep rolling. Uh, Devo is like the weekend warrior that's keeping the dream alive for everybody else who's like, hey, you know what? Maybe one day, uh, that'll be me. You never know. But, uh, it is a Gregor show presented by PlayAlberta.ca and you never know. $50 million for Lotto Max up for grabs tonight. Get your tickets at PlayAlberta. .ca. As uh, we are joined in studio, we're having a little uh, camera issue, so I don't think you'll see, if you're watching the show on YouTube, uh, you'll hear him, but you won't see him. Uh, Sean Brown uh, joins us. Brownie, how you doing? Good, good. What about your hair? The, from the side profile, you don't look so bad, but <laughs> head on, it's... <laughs> Dude, it's uh, awful. Yeah, it's a tough look. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's you now think all, it's a tough look? Well, yeah. I just, I never noticed it as much <laughs> oh, from no. the head on. It's, yeah, it's like the last two weeks, yeah. that, you know, the, it's really sprung. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't mean to laugh at you when I seen you, but it caught me off guard. Uh, I know it's uh, it's great. That's why you know what I, I had a chance to, uh, and I still think the orders are going to win. But the bet, I think the like I would go to PlayAlberta.ca and bet on the orders to win because if I lose, I'm losing some money that like I never bet more than I can afford to lose, like twenty bucks, whatever. Yeah. But 
to lose me mean three more months, and then there's no chance I'm doing it. I can't do it. Yeah. Okay. Just for the odd chance to do it. Now Connor was debating; he might have something. He's like, "Well, what if I come up with a different thing that doesn't mean you extend it?" So I don't know what he's got in mind, but we'll talk about it later on. We'll see. But it's, it's just, really at that awkward stage. It oh, doesn't go down; it's just out. Uh, uh, no, kind of. It's it's, it's not long enough, so it kind of stands up, yeah, right? Yeah. And, you know, like I'm not I'm not purchasing gel for a month of my life. Yeah. Like I'm not doing it, yeah. and. Yeah, it's it's at a ter- you know basically my hair is like that. It's in the adolescence stage right now, where it doesn't matter what you do, it's rare that you look good. You know, it's got some acne going on right now. It's sweating too much. Yeah, it's just not. Uh, it's not. It's not a good time for this. So, uh, and and it'll never get to full maturity. So, you know. That's uh, it because here's the thing: it could grow like I could let it grow for a year, and it would only get worse. Yeah, right. Like it, there's no chance that it's like, oh, yeah, this will get better. Like, no, it's only like I'm on the downside. I'm on the back nine. Like my career of hair growing is clearly just getting worse. It's like, dude, it's time to retire. Like I'm sure people when they saw you and me out in the hallway talking because Cons is doing the update, they walked by and I could just see people like, what's with his hair? Like you know, like it's a terrible look. Like unless you're no, no offense. But basically, this is like a 65-plus type of hairstyle. There's not many men I know who rock this hairstyle under 65. And I think that's like a generational thing because for when they grew up, that's all everybody – like guys just had male pattern baldness and they just wore their hair like it. And they're just like, hey, we don't know any different, like Captain Steubing, but no thanks. What I appreciate is the understanding of where you are in your life. Right, that honesty oh, yeah. is that's great because yeah. some guys are some guys are holding on to it, right? Yeah, no, dude. So the jury, like, hey, <clears throat> struts, <clears throat> like, yeah, you know, <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, what the, <laughs> you, I, I think self awareness is key. I, I know what my weaknesses are. Right, I, I don't necessarily work on them, but I know what they are. But uh, yeah, and it was like even when I had hair, I didn't really like how I looked with hair. So, but the one thing, and this is I do, and this is I mean in all seriousness. If there's anybody out there that knows a good place in town to get a toupee, because I was thinking I would go buy one temporarily just for like for fun. Because because I saw a video online where a guy had like the male pattern yeah. baldness, but then they put the toupee yeah. right in the middle. All of a sudden it's like, oh, now it just looks yeah. like normal hair. Yeah. So uh, if there's anybody out there who knows of a place that I could do that, I, I'm just curious to go and try some rugs on and see how, how funny would that look? That would <laughs> be then, I, then I would be like Costanza. Yeah. I'd walk in. I was bald, Elaine. Like, oh, that'd be great. It'd be great. Just like I would never do it all the time because I don't really love hair, but uh, I think it would be funny. Does it make it easier now that you're happily married, got a family? No. Was there any pressure? No. Oh, no, no. Well, my wife was like, you're not taking that bet to extend this, you idiot. So yeah. that was like the polite version. Yeah. And uh, um, no, like my son, they laugh at it. Like, you know, like my wife's kind of like, you know, you you reach a certain stage of marriage. But I'm a big believer in like, I don't like letting myself go. Like I want to stay in yeah, shape and yeah, stuff. And so, yeah. yeah, like honestly, like, you know, I'm sure, you know, first thing in the morning, she's just every day. It's like, God, she's <laughs> probably got an X on her calendar, too, here. Like, you know, all of a sudden it's like uh, when it's uh, when it's. Uh, you know, fun time in our house. The lights are off all the time now. <laughs> are you lights off, guy? Uh, no, not are we normal, gonna go there? Now, now they are. I was, hey, do you mind turning the light off? What? <laughs> why? What are you talking about? Uh, uh-huh. mm. Oh, uh, why don't we try this new position? Yeah. I don't have to see your face. So yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, that's kind of how it goes. But yeah, if there's if there's anybody that knows a place in town where you can get a good rug um, for your head, let me know. And I'm serious. I would. Uh, 
Uh, that would be funny. Yeah. Like I would but like. There's to nothing the worse than the guy that has the rug. Yeah, but everybody just, knows it's not like somebody who has. I don't one, think they do. Good. Do you think? Th- I don't know if but they what do. About what, now there's certain guys that you played with. Yeah. Who who got hair transplants? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they weren't good. Yeah. Did you guys tell him to his face? No. Yeah, but, see, but why? Like, why? That's touchy. Yeah. Obviously, they're sensitive about it. Okay. I mean, if they played on the other team, it was like, oh. it's on. But uh, so guys that's on the other great. team must have been all over. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. like great material right there. Yeah, but didn't you just say, dude, like you might want to yeah. listen to him? Because there was a yeah. few like, oh, you could tell right away. You're just oh, like, yeah. this is not. Uh, Especially in today's like, game. Like, like, I, what, what can you like say? Like, I joked to Bucky about it now, but he had a stretch there where those are some bad plugs he was sporting, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was Bucky. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I'll leave that one. <laughs> oh, come on. Like, yeah. Hey, now like, Bucky's in unreal yeah. shape. You know, looks great now. But yeah. uh, there was a stage there yeah. where he was holding on to the dream, yeah. and the dream had passed him yeah. by. He looks, yeah, he's he's accepted. Bucky looks good. And like you said, there's no one that keeps himself. Bucky's probably in better shape oh, than most of the guys in the NHL. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, like he's still doing the training. He'll yeah. get on the bike and crush guys. Yeah. Yeah. Comical. I still laugh about Craig McTavish telling the story. Oh, he went to work out with Bucky one day. And this was probably five years ago. I think Craig said he was 60 or something. And this, so, the, you know, the stairs at the, at Fox Drive. Yeah. Right. So they're pretty good stairs. So he goes, yeah, I go there and Bucky throws on a weight vest and now I'm running <laughs> stairs and I'm almost passing out. I'm yeah. like, what am I doing? And he's running like, this is just a normal workout. Like, yeah. What's the problem here? Yeah. Mac, do you like, and he's like, we're not training to play. Yeah. You know, like we're not even on the senior tour anymore. Yeah, that's what made those guys so special, to be honest with you. Like they just they is all they knew how to do was work. Yeah. Right. Things aren't going well. Work harder. Yeah. Right? That old school, that generation's hard to find. Yeah. No, it works hard for sure. Now, um, the orders, uh, they've been working hard. They've been playing smart. Winners of seven in a row. And really in the wins, there's no sign of them playing poorly. Like when their last winning streak ended to Tampa Bay. They had 57 shots in the game, and Vasilevsky played lights out, right? And you look at them. They play Ottawa here on Saturday night. It's a 0-0 game in the first period, only because Forberg stood on his head, right? And they eventually, by their time, they get the win, 3-1. to one. Like, How impressed are you that the Oilers really, there, there's yet to be a sign of them kind of taking their wins for granted? Yeah, there's actually signs of the opposite, I think, where they're just coming into their own, obviously taking advantage of the, the coaching change and the confidence that the whole group has. I mean, they're just coming at them with layers, right? One through four and all six defense. And right now with both goaltenders, a Stewie playing great, but having the option um, of having both of them, it's just there's so much to build on. Um, a lot of guys with confidence and, you know, they're bending. I mean, but, you know, no one's going to play perfect hockey in the NHL or any team. But what I like best about them or most about them is the fact that when things start to you know when when momentum starts to shift you know they're finding ways now to get it back right they're bending a little bit they're not breaking uh is my point i guess but um you know it's just it's got to be you know a breath of fresh air for the coaching staff to be able to watch video as a team and point out a lot of positives uh, structurally that they're doing. And then when it gets into individual play and individual video, there's a lot of positives that, you know, I'm sure they're reinforcing now, um, you know, because every team is building to something. It took them a while to kind of get going, um, but they're definitely building in the right direction and they have a lot of information and positive support with it, with their play. 
Yeah, like they're like from a defenseman set. We've talked a lot about the orders and the defense moving the puck way better. But what about how they've played as a unit defensively? What's impressed you the most there? They're just. I feel like they're just making quicker reads. Um, they're closing. They're checking. They're not. You know, obviously at different times you have to contain. But we all know with the skill and good players take advantage of. You know, when you're not checking, they take advantage of being contained and they make plays and they have time to make plays. And, you know, I think they're a lot more confident in their reads. They're a lot more confident in other people's ability to do what they have to do. They're not trying to do necessarily their job and someone else's. And especially for a defenseman where it's all about making reads and, you know, Bouchard and, um, you know, at home for sure, you know, was injured there and kind of got thrown in the fire a little bit. You know, it takes time to, to, you know, experience with Bouchard and it takes time to make those reads. And when you got to make multiple reads and, and, you know, the other four guys on your line are maybe not as confident and struggling with some of their reads and decision making, it, it, it's just starts to combine a little bit. So I think for the fact that you're doing your job allows me to do my job and then we don't have to think as much. And, you know, their puck support and, you know, they're just <clears throat> when you're feeling confident and you feel good, you close the gap, you know, and, you know, you get the hit, you get the pin and then the guy's there for close support and you're off to the races. Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you on Sports 1440, Oilers Nation YouTube. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Chicago uh, later on. Man, talk about a team that's absolutely ravaged by uh, injuries uh, right now. So we'll touch on that. And more when we return to the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Oh, this is such a good tune, man. The Beasties. Are you kidding me? Oh, love it. Love it. Welcome back, Jason Gregor. Sean Brown with you. As uh, we are going to go in the room now, brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, Heavy Hall Transport Provider, 100% locally owned and operated, and a proud sponsor of the Vaughn McCune, who we had in the studio, first hour Canadian bobsled. Go to nextgentransportation.com. And uh, our next guest, a uh, former teammate of uh, Sean Brown, uh, one of the toughest customers uh, to play hockey for a long time, also highly regarded as one of the most favorite teammates guys I've ever had, uh, had a great moniker, Dennis the Menace. Dennis Bonvi joins us now. Dennis, welcome to the show. How you doing? Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm excellent. Who, um, who first called you Dennis the Menace? Uh, who did call me Dennis the Menace? Uh... I don't know who it was. It probably didn't end well, though. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Dad, you were know. you know you, you had... probably in probably in elementary, I'd say. So. Oh, okay. Oh, really? The young I age. was I was a bit of a menace, so that was the easy one, right? Cartoon, okay. animated, the whole bit. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So you uh, is it safe to say, Dennis, that uh, um, you were a guy that uh, you know the physical part of hockey and the game, you know, came natural to you, you know, from a young age. Yeah, I don't know, I guys. I can't explain it. I tried to. My dad, my mom and dad asked me time one time, "What what is wrong with you?" I said, "I, I don't know." When I tie my skates up and I put that knot in, I'm just that's just me. I don't know. I just I want to protect my teammates. That's what I do. But I kind of knew where I was as a player. I wasn't a great, but I wasn't a bad player. You know what I mean? Skating had to improve, but my way in the door was playing rough and tough. And I listen. If I had to did it a few times and lost, I probably wouldn't have did it anymore. I did it a few times and I won. So I keep doing it, right? Yeah. And the good Lord upstairs kind of kind of looked over me and helped me out, and, you know. So and way I went, but uh, I think that's the easiest way. 
like when you start, you're like, okay, I'll try this. It's kind of intriguing. I like to do it, but you better do well or all of a sudden it gets old pretty quick, I think. Yeah, and I was actually even referring to more like in minor hockey, just being a physical player, not not fisticuffs. Like, um, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I don't know. When they started checking, and you know, I picked the biggest guy out and hit him as hard as I could until I knocked him down. I know that sounds good. That's just the way I was. I was really rugged. I really, you know, initiated contact, stuff like that. That's just the way I like to play. That was my personality, I guess. Bonds, <clears throat> really happy you joined us here. Um, you know, I was really fortunate and lucky to have you in the lineup and played with you in the American League, played with you in the NHL. And, you know, I know the respect that you got and allowed a lot of other guys to play and feel very comfortable out there. Looking at your penalty minutes here, um, 522 in Hamilton. I was there with that, there with you that year. Yeah. What, what what do you remember about that? I mean, I, I, I watched you. It's not like people, you know, when ask me, you know, who was the toughest player you, you played with or played against. And you by far, you know, there's obviously LaRocque has done very well for himself. But the scary thing, and you just touched on it, was that you love fighting. There was no one like a lot of guys did it, didn't really love it. But you, I found that you generally just loved fighting and 522 yeah. Pims. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Brown and you were a great teammate, my friend. People should know that. We were really good. I'm glad you reached out to me. And we had a couple of little scraps or something. It wasn't much. Kind of just hugged each other a little bit. But, you know. Me, I, a lot I, of hug, I hugged you. <laughs> I'm not, hey, no, I'm, not, I'm here today because I made good ways. choices. It goes both ways. It's all good, buddy. No, 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 no. Not, listen, I was not no killer. I, I Listen, I was fearless. You were you were the same way. Listen, like, you just do what you do to keep you in the lineup, to keep you... You know, representing your team and, and representing yourself, and I did that. Listen, I played with George LaRock, and he's a friend of mine, and George is as tough as they come, no doubt. I don't think he loved doing it. Yeah. I think he did it, and he was really good at it. He was so big and strong. Listen, I, I lost a few, and I, I won a bunch. If I wasn't, if I didn't, I wouldn't be here, but I was game. I just did it. Did the best. But I like to play, too. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I think I have like over 75 goals in American Hockey League and, yeah. you know, 100 games in national. So, you know, it's a game of breaks, as you know, Brownie, right? You're playing and you're, you're waiting for the coach to give you that opportunity to continue to play and, and, and like you and, and he's got to stay there and you got to win. And there's all kinds of factors that keeps you around, you know, if you're if you're a cusp player, yeah. you know, fourth liner or sixth, seventh defenseman. So uh, I was fortunate playing some good spots. Uh, I look at other guys that just got spots, got opportunities that I fought in the minors, did well against. They got opportunities up. They ran with it in the right spot and then played a long time. Congratulations. Uh, but that's just the way it was. But I love playing the game, as you did. You, you can say I love playing the game. I love being part of the game. And that's what kept me in the game. Uh, Dennis, you know, you, you played a long time in the American League and, you know, up and down in the National Hockey League. You know, your first NHL game, 1994, 95 with the Orders, and then uh, your last one, 2003, 2004 uh, with Colorado. So, you know, a decade, uh, you know, in pro, well, more than a decade in pro hockey because you, you played in the American League, I think, until like 2007 or 8. But, yeah. um, you know, you, we, we talk a lot about the fights and everything, and you know, you scored the 75 goals. But I was, uh, before you came on, I was looking up and I want you to tell me, I don't know if you remember the date or not, but February 26th, 2002. Do you remember that day? February 26th, 2002. Uh, In I, Long I, Island. That, that, I scored my goal. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, 
It's got to be because it was the only one. It's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but that was like you had been up and down in the NHL. I think it, you know that was seven or eight years in the league at that point, man. And I know that you know. Well, it was funny when you play, and and like I go back to Brown because he can attest to this. He ended up playing fourth line, and you you know you, you're always playing for another shift. I got up and I was doing well. I was playing with PJ Stock and Jamie Rivers on the line. We were kind of an energy line, so I did my thing. And, and I was getting a little more ice time. Robbie Petrick was the coach, and he gave us a little more ice time, you know, more than usual. And uh, in my head, I'm like, I'm never going to score. I have to get a goal somewhere. How's it going to happen? I had a couple chances. But, you know, when you go out and you go out in the middle of the second period, your first shift, and you're up beside whoever, I said, Ty Domi, what are you going to do? I, I know what my job is. you got to try to ask him or do your thing. So it's nice to get some shifts in early and play. So I... I was doing that in Boston. I was getting a little bit of time to play, and uh, I went down the wing, and I shot a slap shot, and it kind of dipped on Chris Osgood, and it went in, and I was like, oh, my God. I think I went by him. I'm like, Chris, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe I scored on you. You know what I mean? Like, it was, like, amazing. And then Benny Hogue comes in. He goes, what's wrong? I said, I've never scored in the National Hockey League before. I never thought it would ever happen. <laughs> I, was like hyper, I was, like, hyperventilating because you've been around a while, right? So I'm like, oh, my God. And you're not sure if you're going to get another chance, right? And I did in Boston. And then I think the next shift I went out and I fought Eric Karens. I had to get back in my happy place. For some reason. <laughs> and he was dying. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, let's do this. This is, you know. When a crusher becomes a rusher, he'll soon become an usher, right? <laughs> uh, Dennis Bonvey joins us. And I, I love hearing that story, Dennis, because at the end, you know what? Hey, you enjoyed your role. You understood what your role was. But, like, when you scored, you know, how was the reaction from your team? How many of them knew that that was your first goal? Uh, well, I'm sure a couple people do, but they high-five me. I, I, you know, I, like I said, as Brownie, I mean, you try to be a good teammate and do whatever you can to to you know, promote yourself, but to promote everybody else and make them feel comfortable. So they were happy because it's unexpected, right? Oh, fourth line score. That's a big time bonus, right? So, and then they're like, I'm like, yeah, that was my first one. I hope it's not my last, but it ended up being my last. The one so. thing you did, Dennis, is, you know, out of all your fights, there, there had to have been an awful lot of them that you weren't fighting necessarily for yourself and you were fighting for your teammates. And I remember one scenario where in the American Hockey League, it was my first year, we were in Rochester. And if you remember... I lost a piece of my finger when I was... Oh, I remember. <laughs> and so I have obviously had to leave the game, and I was in the dressing room getting undressed, and Lauren Mulliken comes in shortly after, and he's all fired up, and he's like, Brownie, we're going to get him for you. And I was like, it, it was actually an accident for... for it was yeah. on what yeah. actually happened. With Vaclav Verada, and I've actually seen him a couple of times. I think he's killed him in Buffalo or something. Okay. I remember, I remember, that, I remember that clear, and uh, sorry to cut you off, and then he comes in, and... Uh, He's telling him, you're gonna, you're gonna get him. And I'm like, don't say that because the game gets out of hand. You know what I mean? You know. So anyway, Labay was in that. So you have Labay, and he was standing on his head. Remember, Brad? Yep. I don't remember you. And he was standing on his head. I'm like, oh my god, it's like two one. I said, well, we're in this, like we're winning this game right now. And it got to the third period, and we're in the game. And I just go to Lauren. I call him outside. I said, Lauren, I'll get him. Like you just got to leave it. You can't talk about it no more. I'll get him. Yeah. But just leave it. So we had like a two, like a minute and a half left. It was two one. So they're trying to score to tie the game up. And uh, I just was a timeout, and I just said, "Guys, undo your chin and undo your straps to your shirt. This might get ugly here in a second. They looked at me. I'm like, "Just, just listen to me." And he wasn't on. And then we, it was like 30 seconds, and Jay Z come on the ice. He's trying to score, and uh, things, for lack of a better term, got out of hand quickly. Actually, how <laughs> it, was like, it was like a brawl. How, how like that was probably that was the toughest year of my life. Right, going from junior, going to pro, we had. 
you know, just dealing with the American Hockey League and how tough it was and going against kids and playing against men. I mean, we had a tough team. We had you, Bombi, Martin Latier, Terrence Sandwith, Ferguson, like the uh, Jason Bowen, right? I mean, it had to have been scary for the guys on the tough guy on the other. I, I remember Rochester, they pretty much only had, what was his, Walters, I think was his name? Yeah, Greg right? Wallen did another little bit like. And he'd be warming up, and there'd be like seven guys licking their lips we're to like, get yeah, it. Yeah, we're like, it's going to be a long night for you. <laughs> oh my God. But can you speak to my first year, our first year in Hamilton? I love Lauren Mulliken. Um, how tough of a coach was he, and how tough were our practices? Oh, really good. But Lauren was a great guy because he loved he loved toughness and he loved you know obviously he had to play you know he wasn't a but he loved toughness and he he he, he know he knew how to coach it for the most part. So uh, and he said when I got that that was a record that year five twenty two he goes he said in the paper he goes I don't know whether to congratulate him or kick him in the ass basically <laughs> because there's a lot of ups and downs during the year right you know yeah. basically like you know and and we had a lot we weren't we were good and we weren't good we're like oh my god we're gonna make the playoffs and we really got hot. But we had a tough team the whole time. And when you have a tough team, things things escalate during games. When you're not losing, they escalate. When you are winning, we play against St. John's, things escalate. Like, there was a lot of tough teams, right, coming yeah. in here. Yeah. And, and so, you know, every night, and, and we had guys doing it. You were one of them, and George Larac, and Trent Sandwith, and Jason Bowen, like you said, and Marty Lachier, and myself, and it just goes, they go on and on. And uh, it was a fun year. It ended up being a really, really fun year. You know what I mean? For all the ups and downs we had, it was a great year. I got to ask you a story because I'm not 100% sure how it went, and I think you were there, and it has to do with Link Gates. Do you remember the story of Link Gates? Was he going after George Burnett? Was he going after Bill Twilley? Were you there for that? I was rooming with him. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you fight him, Dennis? No, I went a couple times in practice, and he didn't fight. But Link and I got along well because I think Link respected me and was a little bit weary of me, as people were weary of him. But if you stand up to and I'm not saying a bully, but he, you know, a little bit at times, then they back off. You know, they they back off. So, uh, yeah, he was waiting for George on time, and I just guys looked at me. I said, I got this, and I said, George. He said, I'm going to walk. I said, George, you're not going to walk. He's right there. <laughs> I mean, like you can't you can't do that. So I grabbed him, kind of pinned him against the wall. And he's like, What are you doing, Bam Bam? I'm like, Link, you're not doing this. Coach, go ahead. You're not doing this. This is hockey. It's not WWE wrestling. So was he banging on the door? Was he going after the coach? He came back after the first period and had his gear on. He was waiting on the bench. He was going to get him. <laughs> For like, like, what? Every day was something. What was he so upset about? Oh, he didn't play or something. I don't know. He wasn't playing Mr. Shift or something. Couldn't be. It could have been anything. He oh. just, his wires got crossed. He got mad. Yeah. Well, he, he might have said, like, like, what are you doing? And, you know, he, Link had, you know... He had to watch Link, right? Like I got along great with him. I'd love to see him again, but like he, he had to watch him because he was a little unsteady in terms of you know certain things you do. Yeah, well, he lived up to his moniker, the missing Link, at times, right? Because he would just yeah, yeah. He, it was like you mentioned, his wires got crossed, and then, and then unfortunately after the accident, it was it was even worse for him because he was actually yeah, was. I think people forgot like Link Gates could skate, and he was a really good outlet passing defenseman. Well, that's it. When he came back to us, he was trying to get back. He had kind of partial paralysis on the left side because he, you know, he fell out of that car like going fast, and and he, he had a bad bad scar on his head. So he was he was rehabilitating. You know what I mean? His whole body getting back, and he did a good job trying to do that. But uh, like and knowing him when he started, although he was a little iffy at times, like crazy, but he was a good player. So Big, but- strong, tough, like could pass the puck. Could, like, he, he had a chance to make some good money if he had kept his nose clean, but he didn't. He just couldn't help it. 
So, Bonds, what, what do you think of today's game? You you watch the players and, you know, some of the hits, guys, you know, are, you know, probably not doing a great job of being aware of the situation they're in. They're turning their backs. Guys are going following through. Um, seems to be more of an issue this year than ever. What, what are your thoughts on today's game? Uh, I love the game. You love the game. I love the skill. I love the pace. I get it. I get it. But I still sometimes think there's a little bit of compete lost in the game, you know, and you're allowed to do it now because there's different rule changes. And obviously people want to take a sideways hit to maybe draw a penalty, whatever it is. You know what I mean? And never really used to be like that because there was lots of hitting. Now there's not that much. So when there is a hit, it's like, oh, God, look what happened. You know, everyone kind of reacts like. But before, like, Brownie, you know that. be hits like that all the time. If it was a dirty hit, it might happen there if the right guy was on the edge. If not, the guy would address it later on and say, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not the way the game is now. And, and, and I think it's for the better, but there's a little bit of compete lost in the game at times, I, I believe. You know, in terms of competing on pucks and getting in and then being somewhat physical, because I think that's a big part of the game that raises the energy level, especially for the fan base. Uh, Dennis Bond. Yeah, I I, uh, sorry, go ahead, Dennis. No, no, go ahead. Uh, Dennis Bonnevy, our guest, of course, uh, most penalized player in professional hockey history with uh, over 4,800 career uh, penalty minutes. Uh, of course, uh, played a long time in the American League, played for the Edmonton Orders, Pittsburgh Penguins, the Boston Bruins, is now uh, a director of pro scouting for the uh, the Boston Bruins in his ninth season with the organization. And how has how scouting gone for you, Dennis? You mentioned kind of, you know, when you can find a player who plays with that tenacity all the time, like, are they more valuable than ever in today's game? You talk about maybe guys who aren't as hard as on pucks as maybe they used to be well and it's 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 hard to find functional toughness i call it it really is because the kids aren't really that's not part of the game so much coming up through the ranks right so you you got to have a special personality and a special breed that you want to do that and uh, so there's some guys you know that are in on the forecheck and physical and and you know you don't have to fight the fighting is is what it is if there's an odd fight there's the odd fight but you got to be physical and, and you got to create energy that way um so yeah there's not a ton of guys that do that so so it's kind of nice when you see guys like that. I think there's, you know, usually some interest if you can catch them. Um, but, uh, you know, that's that's where the game is at. And like I said, it's in a really good spot. You know, you know, guys are making lots of money and there's high-end skill and high-end speed. So it is what it is. But uh, that little bit of physicality and stuff is, is so – but it gets picked up in the playoffs, right? Coming into the playoffs, yeah. that always seems to get picked up, right? So getting out of hockey and, and trans, transitioning into scouting, what was, what, was, what was the challenge for you? What did you find the hardest part of that? I was really, guys, I was really fortunate. When I finished, I thought, honestly, I thought I was going to work with Pittsburgh at the time. There were some management changes there, and then, you know, uh, it didn't happen. To say the least, to make a long story short, it didn't happen. And uh, uh, I drove home. It was the longest drive of my life. It was only 10 minutes away. And I was like, what am I going to do? I'm done. Like, I could go back and play, but I really didn't want to. My kids were young, and I didn't want them to see that. I had a really bad knee. So I'm like, you know what? I'm, I think I'm done. You know, guys are getting bigger and stronger and faster, and I'm getting older and slower. So it's not a great combination. Um, so uh, I had some contacts, and I called many people. But I ended up, uh, I was in Calgary. When I first tried out and I got cut in the gym at the time without coats. And I had got to talk to him certain times in my career. And I talked to him in our final playoff round. He was with Anaheim's farm team in Portland. And I sat out three games. I was talking to him. What's up? Well, I'm done. I got to figure something out. He ended up going to Toronto and I called him and he, and he offered me an opportunity to scout, which was, was wonderful with Cliff Fletcher, Mike Penny, who I work for, terrific human beings. They're great. Uh, I started working there and then uh, I guess they let go, but uh, there was an opportunity in Chicago uh, I went there. Mark Bergevin hired me, Stan, and Stan Bowman. And uh, lucky enough, we won three cups in six years. And then I end up uh, 
uh, moving on to Boston for a little, I'm not saying better, I guess a little more of an opportunity to, uh, you know, broaden the scouting scouting basis. So, uh, and I did that and I've been there ever since and it's been really good. I worked for some really good people. I worked for great organizations. I've, I've worked for three great organizations. I can't say anything bad. Uh, and pretty fortunate. But, you know, the nine months are, they're busy. Nine, ten months are busy. The schedule's on. You're, you're chasing players. You're, you're getting viewings and you're putting reports in and then you're having meetings and it's, it's, it's busy. But, uh, it's it's a it's a wonderful opportunity because you know you kind of set your own schedule for the most part and you can be home like and I'm in a good area in Wilkesbury Scranton where you can see a lot of teams NHL and HL that we can drive so I can be home I can be home with the wife and kids you know uh, you know in the mornings and, and and for lunch and stuff and then go see games at night so pretty fortunate pretty fortunate uh, Dennis Bonvey uh, joins us Dennis uh, when you, when you played as long as you had and you know the, the American League was definitely way tougher than uh, you know even the NHL uh, went during your era than. It is now. When you look back on it, was who was not not necessarily the toughest, but who was the hardest guy for you to fight matchup wise? Uh, well, I don't know. It's, it's an open ended question, I guess. You know, I've done bad in both five or six that I'd love to have back. I didn't think I should have. I made a mistake or whatever. <laughs> Got to give them all credit. But I've done that to a couple of guys too, so they probably say the same thing. It is what it is. But um, you know, God rest his soul. I fought Proby twice. He was, and then I played with him. He was a terrific, terrific teammate in person. You know, he played George LaRock, super tough, one of the toughest. Stu Grimson, Ty Domi. You go on and on and on. Gino Wojcik, God rest his soul. Stu Grimson. You can, you just, and there was all kinds of tough guys. Yeah. Even guys you didn't didn't even know. As Brownie knows, you're like, oh, God, that was guy was really tough. And then the American League are guys that maybe just didn't get a chance, weren't as big and tall, or just not a great player. Poof. Uh, you can speak. They, they were tough. Oh, you go into Philadelphia. You went to Philadelphia in the old spectrum. I played there, and the next year I was in Wilkesburg, and I was by myself. They had six heavyweights biting on the end of the stick to fight you, <laughs> <laughs> and they're yelling at your warm up. And I go up to them in the first shift. I say, guys, listen, rock, scissor, paper. I said, I got two fights in me. I want them over by the middle of the second. Best of luck to you. <laughs> and out, and out, out they would come you know what I mean but, but when they focus on you they're not focused on, on us you know what I mean so the team was playing and you know they're chasing around you gotta be selective but a lot of teams had that all teams had you know around you could four or five tough guys right oh yeah, you know? yeah. No, some they... were really decent players some were you know you know limited players that it, every time you go out there they're right beside you like oh my god again did you, did you like, we all, you know, there has to be a little bit of fear. Like, how did you deal with the anxiety or deal with the anticipation of what could happen that evening? Uh, I, I know I don't want to be that guy to act like this, but it didn't bother me. I don't know why. <laughs> That's I, I don't. I don't know why. Yeah, the odd time you're like, oh, boy, I, I mean, it might be in one tonight here, you know? Yeah. I didn't let it bother me. Not even till the day I retired, I didn't because I knew I had enough to hold on and hang on, like whatever. I was strong yeah. enough, but uh, I just knew what I had to do. You know what I mean? And and I did it. And uh, I, I can't explain it. Like I said, the good Lord upstairs gave me a you know where I didn't worry about because I know a lot of guys did. It bothered a lot of guys. They really worried about it. I just I just didn't because I was. I guess you can attest this. I was a character. I'd laugh, I'd giggle, I have a couple of coffees, crack a joke with somebody, and then you go out and play. So yeah. maybe that would keep my keep my head off that type of stuff. Yeah. But I was also, and I got to give, you know, my best friend and my wife, a lot of credit. I was married early. I was married at 23 years old and it was the best thing that I ever did. I always had her with me and I come out after if I lost, if I didn't do good, she was right there and didn't really care about hockey. What are we doing? Let's go do something else. So it took the focus off of what you were doing when you're single and you're not playing well and it's not going good. You know, 
things happen. Yeah. Do if you don't handle yourself right. So I was fortunate that way. I really was. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So one last one intrigued me when you said, "Yeah, I made some mistakes." Like in the in the heat of the battle, when you look back, like what's a mistake that that a fighter makes that the average fan probably doesn't even uh, notice? Well, you know, it's one guy, a couple guys, you reach and they got a big jersey. You reach out, you go to hit him. You know, first thing their arm comes right through the jersey because it's it's huge on the right side. Like that okay. can happen. First thing you miss a guy and you throw a punch, you never should have threw that one. And I'm like, then you get flipped down, you get, you know, corked inside of the head. Be like, or you just go and fight the guy. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're like, man, why would I fight him that way? It happened quick where I would always like to fight my way. Well, I'm saying it was right, but that was the way I had to do it where I felt comfortable. I'd square off, I'd get under control, and I'd maybe take a couple or I'd get in and I'd, I'd fight them my way. If I didn't do that, then I'm off balance and, and it just didn't go the way I wanted to. That's the way it was. Was there anybody that you truly didn't like where you're like, God, I want to beat the hell out of this guy? Nah, there was a couple guys. We keep that quiet, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, because they could probably say the same thing. <laughs> I, I, I try to be good to everybody because I, like, I want to treat people the way I want to be treated. I understand. like, But, you know, you, you know, verbally you're saying stuff and they're saying stuff back to you. I think there was a lot of respect on all sides for most of those guys. But there's a couple guys you just like, this guy just drives me crazy. So that, drives me crazy. You know what I mean? One last one, Dennis. So was there anybody that you were like, oh, my God, I don't want to fight this guy because you really liked him? Or you're maybe you're good buddies, and you're like, this one just wasn't fun for me. He's on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really want to. I, mean, like, well, I guess I got to do something. You know, you yeah. got to play and prove your worth, and we, we wrestle around. It was, it was what it was, and I love you for it. But I'm like, there's always guys you don't really want to do it. You're like, I'll do it, you know. But most guys... You just understand that's your role. Like I fought a lot of guys that, you know, maybe I'd have a beer later or later on the summer, I'd meet them. They were great friends of mine. But when things happen on the ice, things escalate and they happen. Yeah. After my story, man, they're like, ah, don't worry about it. It is what it is. I'm like, okay. Okay. Well, you that's know? great. But uh, it, it, it's a weird concept. I, I get that. It's, it's, but it's just, I think they respected 
where you were at and, and what you were trying to do and how you were trying to do your job, if that makes sense. Wasn't that always the best thing about hockey is you'd be out there fighting one day, going after each other, and then all of a sudden you're in the evening at the at the bar having a beer with a guy. My brother and people just never understood that. I was like, well, it's just everyone's got a job to do. Well, I, I'd be in Binghamton uh, in Ottawa, sorry. and Brian McGrath was there, and Ray Emery, God rest his soul, and, and they're getting a little scrum. And I'm like, guys, settle down. They're going to fight. And all of a sudden, I get between them. They drop their gloves, and they're cracking me. Both of them are hitting me. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, my God. And I got them. John, Johnny Paddock was our coach, and he comes over, and he goes, what happened there? I'm like, I got hit about 10 times. That's what happened. I got hit. <laughs> so then we all go for lunch, and they're laughing about it. That's 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 the personality. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what that's. You know, and Brian's a, he's a dear friend of mine. You know, we, we played together a couple of times and I helped him out. And it's all good. It's all good. He's a dear friend of mine. And one last one for us, Dennis. We really appreciate it. Um, as a pro scout, you know, now the next few months, uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing it, it's always important. You, you do all your scouting reports, but do you find like the two months leading up to the deadline? Is this kind of go time as a pro scout? Yeah, it's go time. And I think guys really push to see everybody, but I think your work should be already done for the most part. If you're doing it and you got regional guys that are doing it and you kind of like anticipate who's going to be available, who's really not playing well, who might be the, you know, an unrestricted or who has another year left, but you think they'll move them, you kind of do your homework and you watch them along the way. Because I say this, when you're coming up to the deadline three weeks before, guys know they're getting traded, so you're going to go watch them. It's kind of an askew view. Like they're like, they're not going as hard as they can. They're not playing as well because they're waiting to get moved. You know, and they're like, they're kind of like, I put myself in that spot. I'm like, I think I'm getting traded. I don't want to go. I don't want to get hurt because I might get an opportunity to go to a contender. Does that make sense? You know? Yeah. So you got to do your work coming up there. Obviously, we go and we see players. There's no doubt about that. And you see them. But you got to, you got to, you know, extract all the good things they do and say, well, you know, he's probably not in the top of his game because he's, in a week's time, he could be somewhere else. Yeah, that makes sense. Awesome stuff, Dennis. We really appreciate it. Continued success. Yeah, I appreciate you guys thinking of me having me on. Thanks, Brownie. You're a good man. Stay in touch. Good to hear from you, Bonds. It's uh, Thanks, buddy. Dennis Bond. He is, uh, you remember, like, I, I met Dennis when I first uh, broke in covering, and um, he was, like, there's a few guys I met over my time as a reporter who he was just like, well, that guy, like, just a genuine, like, super nice guy. When he said, hey, you know what? Thanks for having me on. Like, he genuinely means it, oh, yeah. right? Like, he, Steve McIntyre was one. Um, you know, guys for me anyway, uh, over the years, uh, Jared Stoll, Ed Herbie, like there's certain guys that are just different, but Dennis Bonvey was, and he was not a full-time guy that you saw all the time. He was there kind of, you know, he'd been around the league and I, I bumped into him actually in the, in the off season more, uh, than I had in, 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 uh, in covering the team. But, you know, when he, when he was playing, when he come to Edmonton, obviously he played for Edmonton. So you sit down, you do the interviews like that. And he didn't know me from a hole in the wall, man. He was one of the greatest guys to talk to. Like genuine, like, Hey man, really appreciate you doing the interview. Like probably because I know guys like that didn't get interviewed a ton. Yeah. And, and he was, he was just a genuine nice. And every time, like I see him at the draft all the time, he still remembers who you are. Like he's a, he seems like a genuine good guy. Exactly. Uh, what you see is what you get, right? He's, uh, he's exactly that. I mean, I just, I, Personally, I couldn't thank him enough for coming into a league that was tough. It's, it's a tough league to come in. It's, it's, you know, and to have a guy like that that has your back and the way he handled himself on the ice, but off the ice and, you know, the patience. And yeah, I mean, he was a true leader. He brought a lot of guys together and stuck up for a lot of guys. It just, it always amazes me how many times he fought, but how many times he actually fought for someone else. Was it hard for you to fight him? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, God, who wants to fight a guy like that, right? I mean, there's no, but like, like hard because you're like, well, geez, we actually get along quite well, like that. You know how he says, yeah, it's hard because he goes, I didn't really want to fight Brownie because yeah, probably because he he kind of mentored you a little bit, right? And was like, oh, geez, now I got to fight my little brother here. Yeah, I mean, were you running around like an idiot? Is that why I had to fight? No, I don't. He was probably right. I I don't run around. He was probably running around. (laughs) I don't run around. Stop. (laughs) But you know what? He's not a guy, and there's a lot of other guys like him that you they wouldn't be your first pick, but you know. You're, like he said, you're you're playing a game, and yeah. he's got to try and make it to tomorrow. I'm trying to make it to tomorrow. It's nothing personal, and you know you don't want to see anyone get hurt. But at the end of the day, you got to fight. That's that's what you do. That's um, you know, and if that's part of your identity, um, you know, you just like I think he said, like none none of us got hurt, and for the most part, most most guys don't. But it's not something you look forward to. But at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing that I learned from being a professional is that you know it's your job. Right. And coming out of junior and playing against guys that had a mortgage, had a wife, had a kid. Right. They, you know, it's they played the game a lot different. They played the game for keeps. And, you know, uh, that that next step and then the next step to the NHL is, you know, it's a big step. And you need guys like that, like you said, that are just good guys willing to share their experience. And, um, you know, when I think of guys that were completely different off the ice, than they were on the ice, him and Marty McSorley. When you put a helmet on those guys, they, they're just different human beings. They're scary, right? And the fact that Bomb, there was a lot of tough guys, but when, when a tough guy loves it, like Bombi, and he got into fights that, I mean, I was lucky enough to be on the ice with him or sitting on the bench close enough to watch it. Like, he didn't grab on. No, he was looking he... for your best, and he wanted to give you his best and the may the best man stand. Like, it was incredible when he broke that penalty minute, penalty minute record uh, in the American Hockey League. I literally like was calling my dad at different points during the season and just being like, "Man, I I don't know if I'm tough enough if I have what it takes to play in this league." Because, like you said, I mean, our team was up and down. We had young guys. We were struggling. We were winning, you know. And we battled that practice. Our practices were tough, and they were even tougher when we were losing. Mm-hmm. And the one thing when you're with elite athletes or competitive players when you're doing battle drills if the battle drill goes on too long like it gets nasty and gets ugly and lauren loved battle drills and he loved to drag them out and by the end of it you forgot half the time you'd forget there was a puck and you're just trying to kill each other it was nuts it was like crazy time yeah you don't necessarily see that very often anymore today no i mean they barely even practice now but you know it's yeah i mean it's a different time in in I would agree with him that, you know, we definitely don't want to go back to those times. It, it's a beautiful game now. It's just, you know, I would like to see a little bit of yeah, the toughness I, I, come back. I think, I think you can have the hardness on pucks. There, you don't need the fights, yeah. but I think you could have like, guys who can be relentless four checkers yeah. and really aggressive at it. That's, yeah. you know what? There'll be, there'll be lots of jobs for those type of guys because yeah. you'll stand out for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. Uh, more than just tire changing. Hey, it is getting super cold now. Make sure you get your vehicle checked. Minus 30, minus 39. It's gross. So you got anything you need worked on? Go to FountainTire.com today.